Father, we do thank you, Lord, for um, this night. Lord, we just pray that you would just help us as we go into the word of the Lord this morning, uh, this evening. Uh, Lord, uh, just speak to us and speak through us. And Father, we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to switch this mic. Testing, testing, great. Are you in John chapter 14? Great. I'll just start reading in verses number one through, um, I'll start reading in verses one through six, familiar passage of scripture. And it reads, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going And how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Lord, help us as we study. I think it's an understatement to say that our world is broken. Um, We live in, in a world that is filled with sin filled with unrighteousness, filled with pain, filled with loneliness, filled with despair, filled with anger, filled with murder, killings, wars, and rumors of wars. I watched last week, or some of you may have watched yourself, as over in the Middle Eastern part of our world, there seems to be a war that's springing up almost daily, um, where, um, or at least uh, civil wars, where we just saw another country, uh, a dictator that was overthrown. And I was looking at all of the violence and the fighting and all of the things that are going on over there, and you realize that this world really do need a savior. Our theme for this consecration week is that Jesus is the hope of the world. And why do we choose that theme is because there is a push in our society. There is a push to try to make Jesus either irrelevant or to demote him and who he is in the earth. And if we as believers know for a fact that Jesus is the hope of the world, then it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we don't draw back or draw down and that we move forward in our presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hear uh, people not, you know, even within the context of the local church, people are afraid to say now that Jesus is the only way. How many of you have been noticing that? It's just that they're hesitant to, to really address that. 
And why that ought to offend us or either it ought to at least motivate us because we know that the only way that this world is ever going to uh, have peace and enduring peace is through Christ. There is no other way. And people are trying to look at I mean, People are looking at governments. They're hoping that the president of the United States, I have great respect for the president of the United States, uh, but how do we know that he can't fix the world's problems? Uh, people are thinking that somehow politics can make it right. People are thinking that companies can make it right. Governments can make it right. People can make it right. But the reality of it is, is that none of these institutions are really going to make it right. Only Jesus can make it right. And what we are experiencing as a nation in particular, a nation that is rebelling against everything that has to do with Christ, pushing Christ away, pushing him out of our public, uh, public school system, out of our public arenas. People are afraid now to even pray. And I've heard now on numerous occasions that when they pray at these various state dinners and all of this, they are telling people specifically not to even pray in Jesus' name. But whatever you do, just pray in, in God's name or whatever you have to do. But do not say anything about Jesus. And the problem with that is that if we don't talk about Jesus, then where does that leave the world? Where, where, are, where, where is it that people are going to go for help? Where are they going to go and, and, and find the peace and the joy that they're looking for? So it's no wonder that the devil wanted to make us silent. He wants us to stay quiet. He don't want us to open our mouth. He, he wants us, to just, he want us to, 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 to just sit back and just come in agreement with everybody and everything and say that we're all going to figure this out together, but we're all are not going to figure it out together. The fact of the matter is Jesus is the only one who can make it right. I love this statement that Jesus said in John 12, 32 through 34. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, he said, I will draw all men unto myself. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. How is the church going to grow and expand? How is the kingdom of God going to grow? How is it that people are going to come out of darkness into his marvelous light? It is when we lift Jesus up, not push him down, not keep him quiet, not just make him just another good person that had good words. (laughs) But when we lift up the name of Jesus. That every place we go and whatever sphere of influence, whatever platform that God gives us, we as the people of God can never, ever shy away from the fact that Jesus is Lord over all and he must be lifted up. This is critical because he said, if I be lifted up, I'm going to draw people unto myself. So we don't want to. Now, now I know that, that, that there are some that say, well, man, there's a lot of people that go to the church and. How many know there's a lot of people that are sitting in the church who really don't know Jesus? People go to church for all kinds of reasons. People go to church. Some go to church because they just want to feel better about themselves. Some go to church because they are looking for a, um, 
they're, they're, they're looking for uh, to feel better about themselves or, or they're, 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 they're looking for something for their children or they're looking for some particular group. But what we are coming into the house of God for because we understand that he is the Lord of glory. He is the king of kings. Amen. And we got to keep lifting him up. I don't care what everybody else out there do. We got to keep pumping Jesus up. Now, you you hear sometimes you like to make the statement that we're going to make Jesus famous. How many know you really can't make him famous? Really? But it's it's a way of saying that for us, because we understand that every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess confess to him anyway. (laughs) So so he's already famous and he's going to be famous. But we want to make him famous as, as it relates to our opening our mouths. And preaching the wonderful, glorious riches of the gospel of Christ. Amen. That we're not that, that, that we're not going to just uh, just kind of let people just kind of demote Jesus. How do you know Jesus is not to be demoted? Amen. When the church start demoting Jesus, when the church start watering down Jesus, the church will lose its, its effectiveness. Amen. It doesn't matter how many people I go there. What matters? I, I, listen, I'd rather be a part of something where God is working, where there's two or three, then be in a place where there's 500 and they're scared to death to talk about Jesus. They're scared to death to lift up the name of Jesus. I want to be where he is. That's all I want to be. I want to be where he is. And, and, and so we, we cannot, we can't draw back and say, oh, 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 well, well, you know, this is what everybody's saying. This is the move, the way things are. So if you don't want to offend nobody, just be quiet. Or if I don't want to go to jail, just be quiet. If I don't want to lose my job, be quiet. You tell me on a job. You can't talk about Jesus. You can't preach truth. Where are the real people of God? If we don't open our mouths, then how are the people going to get delivered? Everybody here tonight, because you believe Jesus changed your life. I hope you do believe that. You believe he changed your life. If he changed your life, then how many know that? He need to change somebody else. We can't hold this thing to ourselves. And sometimes love have to push against everything else. When you really love something, you really love people, you, you give them the truth even if they don't like it. Because he is the hope of the world. Listen to this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now watch this. He says, I am, I am the way. I've heard people try to rationalize that. They try to come up with all kinds of ways to twist that scripture. Um, you hear some of some Bibles, some of the false prophets, they'll come up with things like Jesus is a way. <laughs> he just another way. Let me know that Jesus did not say he was a way. He says, I am the way. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man. But the way is death. Do you believe that? So there is a way that seems right to to men, to us. This seems right that, that since God loves everybody, then as long as we do good and we have a good heart, it seems right that the God of love, he's just going to welcome everybody in. It, it, it seems logical to me, Pastor, that, that God will never send anybody to hell. It, it seems logical to me. That Jesus, you know, that, that, that if we love each other, we treat each other right, then that's all that matters. But that's not what Jesus said. That's the only problem I have with that. He says, I am the way, not a way. 
He said, I am the way. So then if Jesus said, I am the way, then all other claims that claim to be the way are the wrong way. They're wrong. Now, we talked about humility yesterday. We talked about the fact that we want to, we want to deal with the reality of pride, but not the accusation of it. The reality of pride, but not the accusation. You know when you walk with Jesus, that people will accuse you of being arrogant. They would accuse you of being prideful. They will accuse you of being a, a bigot. How me know that Jesus said if they did it to me, they're going to they're do it to you. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. So the question is, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Acts 4.12 says there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. So no other, no other name. Is it Confucius? No. Is it Buddha? No. Is it Mohammed? No. Is it Harry Krishner? No. He says no other name. No other name means no other name. Given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, there's a push in the earth right now to say that this was wrong, that this was man-written, that this was somehow twisted. He says, I am the truth, the truth. How many know that many people today claim that there is no absolute truth? Yeah, that's no absolute truth. I mean, you, you come up with your own truth. You know, there is no absolute truth. But if you're a true believer, you believe there is an absolute truth. Right. And it's embodied in the person of Christ. He is absolute, total truth. Amen. He says, I'm the way. And the truth. So that means that if you want to find out what's true in life, how many know the people are running around, they're looking for truth. They want answers. They want to, you know, they, they, you know, people are tired of being lied to and sold a bill, a good, a bill of goods. And, and it's amazing to me because people always act like they get shocked when politicians lie. <laughs> I always laugh like, did you expect anything different? You live in a world that is full of liars. But Jesus said this. Jesus said, I'm the way. He said, I'm the truth. Amen. So he's saying, if you want to know truth, yes, if you want to know the real truth, talk to me. Listen to me. Come unto me. If you really want to know what real truth is, I'll give it to you. <laughs> he is the embodiment of truth. He says he's the life. He says he is the life. How many know that real life begins with knowing Jesus? You didn't know life. Come on. We didn't really know life until we got saved. You know, I used to think that the high life was waiting on Sunday. My highlight on Sunday was watching NFL football game. My highlight, you know, during the week was Trying to, when I was in college, I was trying to make it to Thursday night where I can go and chase down the girls and find a nice drink someplace and just 
party. That's what it was. That's, that's what I, I thought was real living, you know. They tell you real living is you get a good job, make a lot of money. Buy big toys, fancy cars, big houses. And if you ever get $30,000, I remember back in the day, they said $30,000 $30, back in the 80s. You know, you come out of college making $30,000. You thought you were a big shot. I thought, man, wow, I want to make $30,000 as my first job. And then I moved up here to Fairfax County. My first check was $750. My rent was $650. <laughs> Got a revelation. <laughs> Don't put your trust in money. I mean, no money fleets. It gets away from you real quick. Gets away from you. And yet people still think that the more I get, the more I accumulate, the happier I will be. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and I'm life. I, Jesus is saying here, here's what he's saying. He's saying that, that, that I am everything that makes life beautiful. I am the source of life. I created life. I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. Most people think that abundantly means, Lord, give me more stuff. <laughs> not, that's not what Jesus, that, I mean, no, that's short-sighted when people think that way. That's, that's a small mind, small-minded person that thinks in a way that somehow that real life is about the accumulation of things. How I many know you can have a lot of things and not be blessed? You can have a lot of things and still be miserable. <laughs> but he concludes with this. He says, nobody can get to the Father except through me. The most radical statement ever made right there. You can't get to God the Father. you got to get through me. I was talking with a gentleman the other day. He says, I'm a Christian. But yet he opposed when I told him what Jesus said, he opposed that. He said, well, I, I, don't, I don't believe. And, you know, for you to say that your way is the only way, then, then, then that means that, 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 that you're just excluding everybody else. You're not respecting everybody else. And, and, and I said, well, brother, well, you ain't really a Christian. I said, because the word Christian, by definition, means you're a follower of Christ. Is that right? Amen. Christian means I'm, I'm follow Christ. So what did Christ say? You never have to argue, I tell, tell people all the time, you never have to argue with people if you just, just, just recite this. You just say, well, what, the, well, what does the word say? And, and you pull it out and, and you look at it. It's like this here. If you've got to put your glasses on, you put your glasses on like me. He said, the Bible says right here, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one get to the Father except through me. That's it. Now, I don't know how many ways or I don't know how many I don't know how to how to misinterpret that I don't know how to twist that I think Jesus was very very clear that he is the hope of the world he's the hope of the world uh, for people who are sick and they need to be healed he's the hope for people that are broken emotionally he is the hope Amen. for people that need help wherever they're going through Jesus is our great provider. Amen. See, the, the, the issue is that he will give us whatever it is that we need when we put him first. Amen. When we lift him up, we really say, OK, Lord, I'm going to lift you up. That's right. I'm going to lift. The, how do you lift them up? 
I honor him. I exalt him. My life demonstrates I'm lifting him up in everything I do. With everything that I am, I'm lifting up the name of Jesus. Jesus, when you do that, and when you seek first my kingdom, I'm going to move in your life. That's what this prayer week is all about. It's all about us coming and saying, Lord, I need you to move in my life. Some of you got some things that you're dealing with. Will you believe that Jesus is all sufficient to care for those things? Whether you need a healing or whether you need a deliverance, whether you got a family member who don't know Jesus, you got to keep lifting Jesus up around those folks that don't know Jesus. Whatever it is that you need, here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the reality. Whatever it is that we need, Jesus got it. He got everything we need. So, so, so here's the thing. So tonight we're going to go into prayer. I know there's not a, many, a lot of people here. That's okay. It's up to you whether or not you're going to, going to be, if you're going to waste the moment or are you going to press into him like never before? Are you going to really talk to Jesus and say, Lord, I need you to move? I don't care what it is you need to engage. Your heart need to connect tonight about your, your personal life. And we need to keep looking at Jesus and we need to take every situation. I don't care if you got to write it down and say, OK, Lord, I'm going to you be you rule over this reign over this reign over this. Oh, Lord, this is a hard one. But I need you to reign over this because I know you're more than sufficient. So I want you to feel free. You don't have to sit.